0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Lifting the Fog, a podcast that hopes to become a collection of conversations offering support and connecting individuals affected by childhood cancer. Um, So in this week's episode, it's just me and Amy um, talking about kind of COVID-19 all, and all of the school closures and what that really means for students K through 12 across um, Indiana. So we kind of try to answer some of those um, frequently asked questions specific to education and kind of what's what's going on right now um, in Indiana. And then just talk about life as a teacher quarantined. So what it's been like for for Amy and I to be home and working but also moms. Um, So we just catch up, talk, talk the kind of crazy COVID times um, and then try to talk about some really great resources um, that are out there um, to support kids right now while they're home um, to support learners through e-learning. So we hope that you enjoy this episode. Hope that it's Um, informational. And um, with that being said, always please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at LiftingTheFog1. Um, And we love to hear from you with ideas for future conversations. Um, So email us at LiftingTheFog1 at gmail. Thanks so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Welcome to another episode of Lifting the Fog. I'm joined. Um, this is Megan Kenney, your host, joined by my co host, Amy Boggess. Hi, Amy. Hi, guys. Hi, Megan. We are currently Zooming, or I guess this is Teamsing, Microsoft Teams. Uh, <laughs> but we're kind of like FaceTiming and recording. So we're just living in those COVID times and adapting. Um, but I miss your face. I miss, like, you know, just working with you and seeing your face, Same. not digitally.
1: Same. I miss a lot of people, a lot of patients, a lot of families, my own family.
0: Yeah. It's rough. How, how are you? So I guess just really quick, I mean, most of our listeners know that you and I are kind of um, partners in crime in our hematology oncology outpatient clinic at a children's hospital and... Um, we are working remotely right now and this is week what Amy four yes we are in week four we're
1: wrapping up week
0: four yeah we're wrapping up week four of working remotely um, and from home with you know guidance from from the children's hospital that we work at obviously with COVID-19 and just trying to limit the foot traffic in our clinic and just essential people being there and how limited PPE is and um, just, you know, those essential people using it. So we are supporting our families from home. Like Amy just said, this is week four from home. How how do you feel like nearly a month into this you feel? Like professionally, per- personally, just what's your – how's this impacting you? How do you feel?
1: Um, I mean, overall, I think the weeks have gotten better but sometimes there's days that are a lot tougher than um, others. I think in general, it's overwhelming to be managing home life and work life. Um, the first, the first week I think was the worst because it was just adjusting to technology, new technology systems that we were using, and um, figuring out how often we were meeting and checking in, and um, you know, being held accountable and reaching out to families and trying to figure out like, okay, I'm trying to give like a hundred percent to work, but a hundred percent also to my family. How the heck does that work? And, yeah. um, you know, if you, if you are in a, um, you know, marriage, relationship, partnership, whatever, you know, you really have to be open to communication and figure out like what does that look like if you're both working and if you have kids on top of that, that is rough. Um, but I will say from a work standpoint, um, I love that we're still connecting with families from home. Like I'm still having really good conversations and um, being able to check in with them about the change that has been happening globally and um, what it looks like for education and e-learning and um, even just how they're coping from. A perspective of this too in home life because a lot of the parents i'm talking to are being like i talked to two families yesterday actually that um it's like the mom is literally the teacher the mom the worker and she's also the physical therapist the occupational therapist because they don't have those appointments anymore Every and it's not even virtual so it's like here's your exercises
0: yeah
1: please do them at you know at your convenience or how often you're supposed to whatever so it's been interesting but um yeah. I'm happy that we're still able to connect with our families and just make sure that we're still supporting them. There's so much change in the um, from the state level and the Department of Ed and what this looks like for our special ed population. And so, yeah. you know, just wanting to make sure that's a continued um, service and support for those kids. I know you and I have talked to and I, I mean just the back and forth of trying to manage all of this and what projects we can try to do at the same time too. And yeah, you know, it's a lot, it's a lot for people. It's a lot for everybody, I
0: think. Yeah. I mean, normal life for everybody, you go to work and if you're a parent or a spouse or a friend or what have you, you go to work and you can kind of check out from all those things and check into work mode and it does feel so weird to be trying to juggle both of those. Um, I constantly am feeling just kind of like a crappy mom. It's like the TV's yeah. on too much, yeah. or yeah. I, you know, Mason's got this. He's only in preschool, so we're not necessarily doing e-learning. His preschool's at the elementary school, so yeah, um, they are really great about, I guess, sending quote unquote, e-learning packets for our kiddos. But I've like the last few days, I just have been not doing that really with him, just being busy with work and it just stinks. And I just can't, you know, that's for every parent right now across the United States. They're just feeling pulled in different directions. And and then also the the parents that got laid off or don't have a job. And have that stressor. And yes, there are things out there like, you know, schools are doing, at least here in Indiana, they're trying to do a really good job about meal assistance. And we can talk about some of that stuff later. But like some of those things, um, even small business loans or unemployment or meal assistance, it's there's a turnaround for that. So families are just struggling. But I think week four, my crew, my little family is we're starting to get the hang of it. Like just to to do this podcast, I had to knock on my husband's office door and say, "Okay, you're tapped in, kid duty. I'm out. I've got I've got something for a couple hours." But, um, so it's an adjustment. I think both of you and I we've been, we've talked about this a few times because I will just praise the you know, hospital that we work at right now is doing such a good job of providing us with. There's a wellness committee. We've got yes. these compassion rounds where we're just able to come together as a whole healthcare community and and share and support each other so whether you're an environmental service worker or you're the teacher or you're the provider you're in the same space sharing and connecting with each other and crying with each other and that's been really cool to have so i have to praise specific you know the hospital where we we are currently at for providing those opportunities for us but yes. Yeah. I know we talked about last week, Amy, like it just feels kind of weird to be in two buckets that are pretty heavily impacted. Education is flipped upside down right now. And then obviously the healthcare community is just flipped upside down right now. And I think both of our hearts are kind of torn and breaking for both of these important groups of people. Teachers and parents and students whose year, school year got cut short And what does that mean for families? And then also just all of our healthcare worker colleagues you know, that are on the front lines, that are still at the hospital. We've talked and lots of our colleagues have talked in compassion rounds about the guilt some healthcare workers that are working from home are feeling because of their colleagues that are still at the hospital. And even our pediatric colleagues are feeling a different type of guilt for um, you know, they're, they're adult colleagues. So it's just kind of a a wild, wild time to be alive, I guess.
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Um, you know, I think, I think a lot of it too, if, you know, when you look at education and then the healthcare system and those are two pretty huge, um, you know, like public public services. Yeah. Yes. That's like a, that's like a good word for it. Public services that, you know, they, that are vital. Mhm. Um, and that schools kind of has like shut down essentially. I mean, still, obviously, they're running and trying to do um, finish out the school year and things like that. And then healthcare, in a sense, to me, is also kind of shut down. Like, I mean, there there's providers that are working virtually, and there's less people in the, in um, the hospital because they you know want to avoid as much foot traffic as possible, and, you know, you you only want to go to see, you know, a doctor or be in a hospital if you absolutely have to be, and, you know, it's just, it is it is it is wild, and you hear other, you know, I always say how fortunate right now, at least, the, and I know our adult hospitals are getting hit pretty big, but we're nowhere near, like, D.C. or New York mm. or California and places like that, where it is just devastating
0: yeah new um, york it's just breaking my heart over the oh my gosh every day it's so sad
1: it we're just also so sad. i
0: guess fortunate to be in this pediatric pocket that is yes. just not impacted and also in saying that just fortunate that pediatric patients in general are not impacted by this yeah. devastating yeah, if i can't
1: imagine if it were flip-flop, obviously, it's devastating for um, our older population and some of those immune-compromised individuals as well, but it just, I can't imagine if we were bombarded right now by that either, because I just think about already, you know, between you and I, our colleagues, um, friends that we know, it's like we've all kind of, we're all kind of starting to know people who have um, contracted the virus mm-hmm. and, you know, to then have also a ton, if we had a ton of our kids that had this and we're dealing with this, I don't, I don't know how that would be.
0: That would be <laughs> awful.
1: Just another, yeah. another, I don't know, another heavy load. Um, yeah. which that's an interesting thing to, I mean, it's like, to me, I think we're carrying the load of how we feel for our families and our students with the education, how that is, how that is running right now, then we have the stress of and worry about the healthcare providers and staff that we work with that are still in the trenches. And then we have our own personal lives. Yeah. It's just like advantage.
0: everybody's being hit from each, yes. every direction with this. And yes, like even just that, hearing some of our providers in and Compa- in compassion round talk about, or, or not even in that space, just in general, I'm hearing them on repeat talk about, how hard it is to try to like shift their practice to this like virtual visit care. And it feels weird. And they, uh, providers want to see you face to face. They want to have rough conversations with you face to face and be there with you. And, um, even one of our providers that, that you and I work really closely with, um, I don't remember if you remember him talking about, he was talking through like, um, and having a family sign consent to start treatment. And one of the parents had to be over the phone because of our restrictions right now and how just that didn't feel good to him. And he said, you know, like in moments of a parent being in distress, you just want to, you feel compelled to put your just hand on their shoulder or give a hug if it feels right. And I can't do that. Like you can't touch people. You can't be close to people. It just feels like – You know, us as humans, we're just wired to connect and be around one another. So I think we're all just really struggling with what isolation is kind of doing to us. But
1: one of my, one of the favorite phrases or, you know, words that stuck with me when we participated in um, Compassion Rounds last week was, and I don't even remember who, like, I don't remember who said it, but um, just grief and gratitude. Yeah. The grief is could cover so many things I mean just even the loss of for some people might be their jobs or just the loss of the connection between face to face with people or you know in your family and your friends and then though there's this piece of like gratitude to be thankful that you're healthy you're home you're safe you have extra time with your family or the people that you love yeah and there's this it's it's a weird it's such a weird um dynamic of that and I I that that hit so much to me because I was like, gosh, that is so, that's what it is. it, it is like,
0: Those we're two grieving, things meeting each other.
1: Yeah. It's like, we're grieving, yeah. but we're also like experiencing gratitude, which is, which is so profound, really. It's very interesting. And yeah, uh, I, I also, what gets me through as often is just knowing that literally every human being is affected somehow by some, by some means of this. And so we are all in this Together, Um, there's not one person I can't imagine in this world that's not going through something, somehow impacted by this, somehow yeah. stressed. You know, so that that can kind of be humbling too. To just
0: we're in this collective crisis together, yeah. and yeah. when is the last time that happened? I mean, nine eleven maybe, but not even. I mean, like yeah. this is yeah, we're in this collective crisis, and that. We've never been in before, so we're figuring it out as we go. And it it is really inspiring seeing how everybody is just trying to be innovative and creative in ways that they can connect each other and provide themselves with self-care and... um, I don't I think either. it
1: pushes it pushes people a little bit to have to do that. I yeah, mean, I know it for sure has for me. Because
0: um, this isn't know. going away either. I mean, this is no. realistically this is going to yeah. be like this for months. I know it feels,
1: to be honest, that it'll be this way or a version of this until really there is a vaccine. Yeah, you know, where we'll have to yeah. kind of be worried. You'll yeah. have to, you know, who knows if it's gonna. We might get through it, but then when the next season comes, is it coming back? You know, like it's just so scary. It's scary to think about that.
0: And I don't Um, know about you, Amy, but I keep thinking too, like, yes, world, welcome to the life of an oncology family or a stem cell family (laughs) that lives in isolation and wears masks and is terrified (laughs) if your children aren't vaccined and in in their child's classroom. And like, It's so, I don't know about you, Amy, but every, so Amy and I are, I mean, I'm sure most of our listeners at this point know we're um, school teachers or educational liaisons in in our oncology clinic, but every, and so right now working remotely where Amy and I are just kind of tag teaming and, um, you know virtually checking in with all of our families and I don't know about you but all of my moms are like we're used to it (laughs) we're used to we're used to isolating we're used to wearing masks when we go to the grocery store um and it's like everybody else in the world is like oh my gosh you know this is so awful and devastating (laughs) to be isolated and I can you know one of my moms literally said uh welcome to my life you know (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) We've had a, we had a stem cell transplant and we're isolated for a solid year and couldn't do anything. And, um, I hear some of our oncology moms just say, meh, we're used to this. Mm
1: -hmm. I definitely have too. And I, I, what is, I hope, um, I hope a positive out of all of this too, is that it's as tough as this is and stressful. I, I hope that it's also teaching, um, people to be empathetic Yeah, because it's like oh well now yeah you you're like experiencing our life this is how it's been or you know it's like a reset for some people to you know slow down to um look at things in a different perspective and um you know I I don't know I even like taking things for granted like little things even just with my family like I just think You know, my family lives all in town, which I'm so fortunate, and often we would see each other, and I didn't realize how much, like, how awesome that is. Yeah. Yeah, How you need them. Yeah. I mean, I I love my family. We're close, and, you know, I always know in the back of my mind how, like, precious and great they are to me, and, you know, but just not being able to just have them come by and stop by and see my kids or watch my kids or... Yeah. just talk to my mom hug my mom for gosh sakes like the other day this is like a couple weeks ago before things really kind of shut down but um she was i she was giving me something and she said i'll just drop it off um or i'll drop it off on my front porch like i'll leave it on the front porch you can just come pick it up and then when i went over there to grab it on the front porch she opened the door and like said hi to me and i could just like smell her house like this the scent of her and just like Um, Cooking and just that aroma, and I instantly like just started crying. And she looked at me, and I go, "I just miss you. I miss (laughs) your smell." (laughs) But I mean, I just think there. I hope. I hope that things like that, like you know, people who kind of have to live a tough life prior to this, you know, hopefully there there's some empathy that comes out of it from others, or there's,
0: you know, things
1: that people realize that like, oh my gosh, I took these little things for granted that I have like every day. That like, when this gets better, like. I think things will be so much more appreciated. I know it yeah. least for me. It will
0: be. I, I mean, I, I feel like you and I, we work with these families every day. And my, I mean, I have, I feel like I have so much empathy for everything that they go mm-hmm. through, but now I feel like I even understand on a deeper level, the fear yeah. that our fa- families even have about flu season yeah, and not wanting to be out and about or be at school during flu season because they're just terrified yeah um now i think flu is different than you know all of this but that you can just you can you can relate you yeah you can understand their their fear and because i don't want to i don't even personally want to go to the grocery store i feel like my Stomach is in my throat every time I have to go out just yeah. to get groceries. It's just, just lately
1: weird. we with the because I'm, I'm the same. I lately just because unfortunately not everybody is on the same level where they should be of like
0: socially distancing doing and yeah. social
1: like social distancing and lately we've just been going to Trader Joe's only and I applaud them greatly because they have people at the front door and most of the time um they're wearing masks themselves they have like Um, Lysol wipes um, that they're wiping down all the carts they won't let I think I think it's like 25 people at the most in the store everything is taped off like I was there the other day and I had to wait probably like five minutes outside the store you know and they monitor it like okay you're next to go in and you know they really encourage while you're shopping in the aisles please you know keep your distance still and you know a lot of people are wearing gloves and masks when you go in. it's just nice Um, because it's not like that in a lot of grocery stores and it is scary it is scary yeah
0: it's just Um, we're living in some weird times
1: yes we are but I'm
0: glad that we could connect today and talk about it and share and hopefully I think Amy and I have talked about kind of shifting lifting the fog just a little bit for right now into sort of its own little COVID series and just um, still our roots and and why we do this are because of oncology so still connecting it to oncology but just kind of honoring the times we're in right now and and talking about what's on everybody's mind but also trying to lift it, lift everybody up with some positivity. So I think you. hopefully you and I can do that in the next couple of episodes. I know today we just wanted to one check in with each other and and how we're we're coping with this. Um and I'm just glad you and your fam are well and healthy and Same. that and that we can be home. Yes. Um but then I know too that we talked about wanting to to also just share kind of um, we've been kind of getting the the newest and hot off the press <laughs> updates from yeah. from the Department of Ed and just kind of sharing some of the those resources with families today. So I know um, we are we're zooming right now together and we both have this kind of. COVID-19 impact on schools, frequently asked questions sheet pulled up from the Department of Ed. And I also have to say too, I think the Department of Ed is really, I'm proud of them. Oh my gosh. Here in Indiana. They are on it. They're working so hard to just Uh, get creative and problem solve together and knowing that e-learning is not ideal. Um, That's not how a lot of learners learn best, but it's what we've got. And they're just, they're dedicated to keeping Indiana students safe. And that's right now that means at home. Um, So that's priority number one, which feels weird for educators because we value education so much. And we know that that is a priority, but obviously first and foremost, we just have to keep people safe. So, um, just was it last week, Amy? Our governor uh, did announce that school is so. Today is April 9th, I believe yes. it was last Tuesday. It was, I think. He that he did announce that school um, is done for the for the yeah. rest of the year, and yeah. um, that's bittersweet. It's happy and sad for reasons that I just said because. It's what needs to happen, but um, my heart is just hurting for all those kids that didn't know that their last day was their last day, so whether that means you're, you know, you're a senior,
1: yeah, goodness gracious. It's, t- it's tough for those seniors, I think. I about, mean, graduation,
0: ugh. proms didn't yeah. happen, and just not yeah. not really knowing that that was your last day of school ever, yeah. you know, high school, yeah. Um. so that's awful um I know you and I and our whole team has just talked about that we're pretty we're we're very aware that school is also a safe place for a lot of kids so what yes. does that mean for those kids and for families um I just got a 50 percent off everything Shutterfly email <laughs> <laughs> did you hear that <laughs> I didn't even hear it why well, like, like little quiet sorry sorry oh. friends oh. for you know that we've got background dogs and cats <laughs> and kids <laughs> screaming and I'm getting uh, pop-ups uh-huh. anyways, but. Uh, make that,
1: make that Shutterfly COVID photo
0: album. Yeah, and... geez Louise. <laughs> but we just know, you know, when that, when that update came, I was grateful for it, but I just knew that that meant that was, you know, that impacted a lot of families all over Indiana. Yeah, yeah. Um, and high
1: school I, students too, when you talk about just. Kind of that general population um, or age group, I should say, like young adolescents, that their life is friends or school I mean there you know of course there's some that just like they probably are loving that there's no school there's some kids that hate school but, but I feel like for the most part there's a lot of kids that like this is their life yeah um, whether academically they like school per se or if you know yeah. they they are there because they love their friends or they love the curricular activities that they're in or stuff like that and then they just don't have that anymore and yeah. they lose the other piece of this for all students I think that I've noticed and I've heard. Um, is that they lose structure. Like it's, yeah. it's, like, oh my gosh, our it, like, schedule is so
0: different. And parents are doing their best to try to create a new schedule and structure at home. Also knowing that they have to work if they can, yes. if they have that privilege, I guess, to be working from home. So I just want to say to a few of the hot buttons or questions, frequently asked questions that, you know, you and I are going to share right now. families, if you're from Indiana, please go to, um, the the Indiana Department of Ed website so the doe.in.gov and they're just they're just doing a great job of um updating their website with um resources so whether that's resources for um meal support because we also know that a lot of families and a lot of children throughout the state of Indiana get breakfast and lunch from school and that that impacts families so there there is meal assistance um, yeah. Out there. Um, that's on the Department of Ed's website, so please go there and find that. Um, also, they have tons of resources on just trying to help students navigate e learning. So, whether that's math help or um, just different supports for different c- content areas, um, help getting internet, that's huge. Um, yeah. you think about we're doing e learning, and who, what, you know, what if some families don't have internet or live in remote yep. areas of of indiana and can't access good internet so yes i just talked to a family yesterday
1: about that they were they have internet but they're where they live is out in the country so it was just kind of it was limited and yes. even with the school because i said is that just because where you live or is it also just like community based like your where your school's yeah. at she said oh it's where our school's at too yeah. So teachers families students they're all struggling with yes. you know the, the yeah. chromebooks and the internet and e-learning yeah. and
0: you know so and I want to say, Dr. Been great for that. Yeah, and Dr. McCormick, um, you know, for the state of Indiana, at least has said and encouraged educators to just be flexible because yeah, not only are people be. struggling with um, internet, but then you think of our young kiddos that need, that can't necessarily independently navigate e-learning and need a parent. And then that parent's working and, you know, yeah. everybody's balancing that schedule. Dr. McCormick also talked about Um, families that are impacted financially and so some older students are having to work and so if schools hold a nine o'clock daily mandatory check-in school meeting you know what if what if some of those students are are having to work or that there doesn't that you know that doesn't work so just encouraging flexibility but um
1: flexibility and grace those are the huge I feel like two words in all of this too you just got everybody's got to give grace and everybody's got to give flexibility for just what this is looking like because it's affecting everybody differently yeah and you know you just have you have to be aware of that teachers have to be aware of that parents have to be aware that when when we get back into the schools we're gonna all of us are gonna have to remember that as well because there's going to be I feel like there's going to be a transition there too for all students no matter where you fall um yeah. I don't
0: know it's I I want to talk about though to Amy just waiver days because I don't know about you some of my families have been kind of well one every family I talk to has a different plan so some are doing e-learning every other day some are doing yeah. e-learning every every day some haven't done a day of e-learning so what does that mean and I'm no parents are talking to each other and feeling like gosh why is I mean I know we go to different, our kids go to different schools, but why is your kid doing so much and mine isn't? Yeah. Is that And is that okay? So I know that we know um, that really by next week, right? So by April 17th, the DOE is really requesting that schools kind of submit that plan. So what does that yes. look like? And I know most parents know that Indiana has said, um, we're gonna kind of give schools 20, um, Waiver days. So instead of the mandatory 180 instructional days, we're going to shift towards 160 in light of this kind of crazy COVID time that we're living in. Yeah. Um, so some schools have been kind of using up those waiver days and that's where you'll see parents saying, oh, you know, my kiddo hasn't done any e-learning and then we went into spring breaks where of course on, on those scheduled spring breaks, they don't have to be doing e-learning Um. But we do know, you know, if you're a parent out there listening and you kind of feel like, geez, we're just kind of eating up waiver days and they haven't done much. And what does it really look like for the, you know, the rest of the year? Hopefully by April 17th, your school um, should um, have kind of formulated a plan on what the end of the school year is going to look like. Um, But I did want to just kind of read this bullet from one of the recent um, Department of Ed COVID updates. I think just this last Tuesday, they updated this. So this is forever changing. So the day we post this pod, there might be new updates, but as of this week, um, the DOE was saying between April 2nd and June 30th, schools must continue to provide instruction until either they hit that 160 instructional days or they complete 20 instructional days during that timeframe. If you as a parent feel that that's not happening, email your school principal, email your school yeah. superintendent. Certainly if you're uh, a Riley family and work with Amy or I, call us. <laughs> uh-huh. But um, uh-huh. I think that that's been confusing for families, but, and, and the Department of Ed's and each school is just trying to figure this out as they go. Okay. But, um, so June 30th is the end of the school year, defined by our our state so I think that's good to know too I also think um or I guess know from from this recent DOE update that summer school isn't really figured out yet they're working on it I think Uh they'll be providing something I think they're shifting their thought and thinking that summer school is going to probably be of course all virtual but that they would be offering it um and days of learning are defined by each district so we kind of already talked about that that each district is kind of doing doing their own thing but i think the most important thing to know would be that um kind of the end of the school year is is, there's another i got an email (laughs) (laughs) that the end of the school year is june 30th and that between between now and then um you know, each, you know, all students need to be getting at least that 160 instructional days. Is there anything I'm missing, Amy, or yeah. that you want to? I don't think
1: so. I'm like kind there? of looking over and following you, and I feel like what you're sharing is on point. Everything yeah. is good. I think, you know, for families who are talking to each other, or seeing, I think what's important too, like you mentioned, we got hit with this over a lot of schools, spring breaks. So there's the spring break component. There's, we switched from 180 days to 160. There's waiver days, um, you know, that people are trying to use up. And so it is going to look different for, you know, each school and districts. I think everybody is trying to just manage and um, follow along what's been directed by the DOE and, um, you know, our governor in Indiana. Um, But yeah, I feel like you highlighted a lot of things. I almost... I want to suggest too that if you are listening and um you know Megan has mentioned you know look at the DOE they have things right there and it's very easy to look at but you know we have these resources also so it's almost like maybe you know if you if you want to just even email us directly we can send you know if you it's lifting the fog at gmail.com right Megan yep oh one yeah,
0: just, lifting the fog one oh yeah
1: that's right right I was for that one <laughs> number one <laughs> <laughs> lifting the fog number one at yes. you know, that, 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 um, we you know i feel like either one of us would be happy to also just share these resources absolutely. with you that, you yeah, know, that we
0: have so if, if you cannot find them on the yeah. department of ed's website please thanks for saying that amy you can email us um we also know that it's another kind of hot hot you know topic or thing parents have been asking about well, what about all these standardized tests i learn i read that were supposed to happen before the end of the year um the state has decided to to kind of waive that so no student is going to be um the the expectation for any student to have to take that is, is not there um that they will, yeah that they will omit those standardized tests Um, I know that there's also a lot of questions for our seniors that have been just impacted so hard by all of this. Um, So I know that the Department of Ed talked early this week about pass-fail and kind of, this is really interesting, kind of talked about if your school is telling you um, that they're going to do pass-fail grades, that a P, pass, on a transcript can compute to, to a D. So, for students that are seeking out scholarships or um, for athletic reasons, that this could impact them. So, to ask questions. Yeah. And that the Department of Ed is kind of, um, what do I want to say? Encouraging, maybe? Yeah, encouraging schools not to maybe do that.
1: Um, I think, especially for the high schools. You know, it's one thing for elementary and middle school, not to say that. Those grades don't matter, but it's easier to do a pass-fail curriculum, Yeah. At, but then, you know, it's totally different at high school. That stuff totally matters if you're going on to secondary ed. I mean, if you're if you're going to college, if you're looking at scholarships, if you're doing athletics in college and things like that, I mean, you're going to want the grade because it affects your GPA. Yeah. I mean, there's just so much more going on. Core 40, are you honors? you know, there's just a lot. Yeah. What diploma track are you on? And
0: and i am working with some schools that are saying hey quarter 3 grades we're going to kind of make quarter 4 grades <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. um and taking cumulative grades for what they you know kids have done for this year and just saying you know you're 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 going to pass you're going to get that credit but then other schools saying you know no we we need you to still work through work through those classes on e-learning to get that credit to to graduate but i know i mean dr mccormick and the department of ed and indiana have said we are gonna do everything we have to do to get our seniors to to graduate so yeah um i just think they're they're really mindful about flexibility right now yeah Um, so uh you know what else is there amy what else are we I mean,
1: we had that. If you're looking at resources, of course we have a ton of resources too. If you're looking for more than just your e-learning and your curriculum from school, you know, some kids I just talked to a mom the other day who, um, even her five-year-old, she was like, "I just feel like she gets through her stuff so quickly, and she's not challenged very much, and so, you know, then we're just kind of sitting at home. She's bored. You know, she's distracted. Struggles. We. I'm trying to have. You know, I work. With my other thing so even just from a standpoint of some really good websites that offer um, just some fun activities, maybe for school that are educational, and um, you know we have those too. But I feel like Megan, you did such a good job of really pinpointing like the DOE information. I think there's more. I mean, there's there's more speci- specifics that we could go into from a standpoint of um, you know things like homebound. You know, like what, what is, yeah, what's
0: expected Amy, let's for talk, Homebound? Yeah, so I, I know that those, I'm glad you brought up Homebound because so many of our oncology population mm-hmm. is impacted by that. Um, and I think that um, expectation shifted the first kind of week. Yes. I remember our supervisor who kind of, you know, goes to this important um, Department of Ed meetings and then trickles down that information to, to our team, um, but said at first, If general education is not in session, you know, kids are not at school and they're doing this e-learning that that um, homebound not need to or have to take place. That has since shifted that, you know, if your child was receiving homebound prior to COVID-19 school closures, they should still be virtually, keyword virtually, receiving Uh homebound services. So those hours... um, may shift a little bit. It may look a little different. We'll have to get creative with families on like what that, you know, FaceTiming. Um, I had a teacher that was FaceTiming and then once a week, like on Friday, she would sit in their front yard and he'd open the window up. Okay. That is precious. Yeah. <laughs> and that, um, and she was dropping stuff off on their doorstep. So of course we want, you know, Homebound needs to be honoring the social distancing, and yeah, the guidelines that the CDC is putting forth but that no you know our kids still should be getting getting those services. We've also been directed to um you know part of Amy and I's job in our clinic is providing schools with needed documentation and, and going to IEP and 504 meetings and helping create school plans. All that work is still supposed to be taking place. Yes. Um, the only- I'm glad you just said that. I was, like,
1: thinking that in my mind. Like yeah. that's, I think those are the biggest things, like yeah. homebound and case conferences. Yes. still happening. They yeah. should
0: still happening. <laughs> if you had your annual IEP meeting scheduled and if there's, you know, due to the COVID school closures, you're at home, you can still be having that meeting virtually. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the only meetings I think you and I are kind of postponing are obviously for our our kids that we're transitioning back to school. So those transition meetings we're holding off on because, you know, if we transition in August, things may change with the patient and treatment. And so we're we're just waiting. Um, But new diagnosis information still can be sending that to school. Um, Yeah. It, regularly scheduled 504 and IEP meetings still still can be having those. So if school is telling you they're closed, we're we're not we're not really closed. We're physically you can't be at school, but still all of those services need yeah, to. Yeah, they're happening. still
1: running. I like to say families like the schools are still running. Yeah. Yes, they are closed. You can't physically be in the building, but they're still running. Teachers are still teaching their their students. Yeah, principals yeah. are still having to be the administrators, and, you know, do what they do, but just everything is virtual, so those things, I think, are really important, especially for our families, I think, like, to know that, you know, if you're a new diagnosis, if you're in the middle of your treatment, if you're at the end of your treatment, Uh. that should really necessarily be on pause, besides the actual treatment, transition course but you know if you do have a new diagnosis and we're setting up a 504 plan schools should be right along with that send the paperwork get that going that's you know something we can still be doing if you had a case conference scheduled in may you can still have that scheduled you know i know some families i've talked to they said well we've talked to our we talked to our school we're just going to kind of hold off because we're not in we don't need you know we don't need to meet of course that's okay but if you're like yeah I still want to meet I still want you know to sit down and touch base and whatever those are those should be happening those things should absolutely still be happening yeah I think a lot of families don't know
0: that
1: so I think that's really important to share
0: I love that and I just I guess lastly before we kind of wrap up, I do want to say too, you know, you and I are privileged enough to work at, we work at Riley Hospital, Um, but, you know, of course, our our podcast is an independent podcast, so we don't, um, I guess, reflect or, um, you know, this isn't a Riley podcast, but I I did want to share that one of our fellow school teachers did put together a really amazing um, I guess flyer or just informational yeah. sheet with educational resources, and this was posted on the Riley Children's um website, um, and it's just Riley School Program educational resources at the top. But just went sh- she went through and really broke down by grade um, different websites and resources that families can be using. So whether that's you know for K through five, ABC Mouse or Starfall or Story Online homeschool me brain pop junior um are really great for older kids like six through 12 crash course is a good one to help with science biology physics chemistry Khan academy is really great yes. website to help with math um and then just just for fun like muffalo potato is a really good website kids bop drawing with mo Willi- Willems, um Family Bingo online. So if you um I'm sure everybody's just Googling away and Pinteresting away ideas <laughs> and and resources. So families might have this. Um cosmic yoga has been a really great one. I'm seeing families do. Um but if you want some, you know, more of just resources, um, I can, like Amy said earlier, please email us at liftingthefog1 at gmail and we can send you these resources. Um, there's tons out there um and i'm just loving watching everybody get creative and innovative and figure out how to support our kids right now through all of yeah. this but
1: i do I, I i this was not planned but while we were talking um there was something i saw in a post and you know you had shared Hopefully, we're going to try to do some positive COVID series, uh, series um, podcasting, and I would love to read something I saw just to end, like oh, the I podcast, or just share with I everybody. Love it. Yes. Um, because I saw this the other day, and I was like, yes, 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 and yes, because I think there's just so, there's a lot of worry about, um, in conversations I'm having with anybody, whether it's a teacher, if it's a mom, um, a parent, whoever. There's a lot of worry about. Oh my gosh, what if my kid, is, you know, falls behind, or I don't want them to fall behind, or what is this going to do for next year? Or, What's going to happen with this? And whether you're a gen ed kid, special ed kid, whatever. Um, yeah, I think there is something to try to to look at to look at what we've been given in this lovely time of COVID nineteen <laughs> to see things a little bit differently. Our our children. Um, who grow up in our world these days are so um, just immersed in, you know, schools now work on Chromebooks, they have iPads, technology is in their face, social media is in their face, and sometimes it doesn't allow them to grow up in a place where we grew up, where there wasn't internet. Like, I mean, I was, when internet popped around, I was you know, gosh, I can't even think like middle school, high school, you know, you were maybe outside more, you you participated in family dinners more, or, you know, you, maybe if it's not family dinners for your family, it's you just hung out with your siblings more often if you had working parents or something. So I want to read this because I think if you're worried about education, try to look at it in a different light of what's going on and what your child can be learning in a different light. Yeah. Um, So it just says, what if many people are concerned about students falling behind because of this? Yes, they may fall behind when it comes to classroom education, but what if... Instead of falling behind, this group of kids are advanced because of this. What if they have more empathy? They enjoy family connection. They can be more creative and entertain themselves. They love to read. They love to express themselves in writing. What if they enjoy the simple things, like their own backyard and sitting near a window in the quiet? What if they notice the birds and the dates the different flowers emerge and the calming renewal of the gentle rain shower? What if this generation are the ones to learn to cook organize their space do their laundry and keep a well-run home what if they learn to stretch a dollar and to live with less what if they learn to plan shopping trips and meals at home what if they learn the value of eating together as a family and finding the good to share in the small delights of every day? What if they are the ones to place great value on our teachers and educational professionals, librarians, public servants, and the previously invisible essential support workers like truck drivers, grocers, cashiers, custodians, logistics, and healthcare workers? And their supporting staff, just to name a few of the million taking care of us right now, while well, we are here in a sheltered place. What if among these children, a great leader emerges who had the benefit of a slower pace and a simpler life to truly learn what matters in this life? What if they are ahead? So I just think it's something Love that. to kind of think about. Um, you know, yes, we might be missing out and we might fall behind from a classroom standpoint, but I think... There is there is a lot of positivity coming out in this situation um, for a lot of people, you know. So, as devastating as some of this life can be and exhausting and stressful, um, you know, try try to find the light, try to find the good in all of this. Yeah. Um,
0: and parents you're, are going to be you are kicking butt, parents. So yeah. don't don't give yourself a hard time on trying no. to be mom and teacher and employee, no. and we're all just surviving. Yep. yep, and give
1: like, for sure, give yourself grace as a parent, guardian, whatever, because, you know...
0: These are uncharted they times. They are. We're this just... is new for
1: everybody. Yeah. I think that's the other thing. This is yep. new for everybody, and it's, you know, what is another amazing thing during this, a blessing, whatever you want to call it, is we're, we're, we're heading into spring, and kids do get to be outside. Let yeah. them be outside. That's a great place to be learning, so yeah. let them run around and be kids also. Yeah. You know, it's important for
0: them. Well, I love it. Thank you, Amy. And we're going to hop off this and hop on (gasps) to another podcast. Okay. With Jess. I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be great. Uh, Okay. Well, thanks, friends. Thanks for tuning in. For sure. Thanks for listening to another episode of Lifting the Fog. As always, please email us at liftingthefog1. That's the number one at gmail.com. We want to hear from you with your questions, concerns, thoughts, and ideas for future conversations and topics to dive into. And subscribe, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, but subscribe and rate us. We would also love for you to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at liftingthefog1. And please hashtag us at hashtag liftingthefog. And as always, Lifting the Fog is an independent podcast. All information, thoughts, and opinions shared are for informational purposes only. No material on this podcast is intended to be substituted for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please always seek the advice of your qualified health provider with any questions that you may have. Thanks for tuning in.